drug-pushing son of a bitch. Messing up the minds of the kids of America just to make a badass rich. You're the sleazebag of the country, the garbage of our land. The devil is awaiting just to welcome you to your eternal promised land. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your friendly pinhead 198 back, and I just had to open up with that great unintentionally funny song by Morton Downey Jr., Hey Mr. Dealer. If you want to check it out, you can find it on YouTube. You can hear it in its all unintentional, funny entirety. We're back. It's been a while. It's been a long while. Working hard, hardly working, and then, you know, unfortunately, we got to recently find out that we have to put our dog down and bury him. So it's been a tough couple of weeks, but we're back. And on this episode, we are going to talk about the new It prequel, the news that just came out from that. We're going to review Infinity Pool, and we're going to do a final review on Dead Space. I did a review on Filmmaker Mike and the Boys, but I finally finished it, and we'll talk about that. So, But first, we're going to get into... HBO Max ordering an IT prequel. This is a via Hollywood Reporter. Some other places have reported this, but the Hollywood Reporter has gotten the biggest scoop. HBO Max orders IT prequel series Welcome to Derry from Andy Muschietti. The streamer has given a straight-to-series order from a new, tale, a new tale inspired by Stephen King's epic novel, because, you know... We haven't done enough fucking Stephen King. We need more of that shit. But anyway, here we are. Pennywise, the dancing clown, is coming to HBO Max. The streamer has given a straight-to-series order to a drama based on Stephen King's beloved horror novel, It. Filmmakers Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti, who made the successful big screen adaptation It and It Chapter 2. Don't know if It Chapter 2 was such a success. It was. The first chapter was fantastic. It Chapter 2 is eh, what it was. And Jason Fucus, It Chapter 2, are on board. Are are on board for the project from Warner Brothers Television. Andy Muschietti will direct multiple episodes. That's some great news of the series, including the first episode. The show's working title is Welcome to Derry. That's good news that he's doing it, but we don't really know much. Creative details are scarce, except that the series will be a prequel to New Line's IT film promising to expand the vision of the movies. Fucus will write the first episode, which is based on a story by the Muschietti's. And Fucus, I'm probably butchering your name, but hey. Fucus and Brad Kaleeb Kane will 
service show runners on the project. So, you know, Andy and his company will not be showrunners. It's a major drawback because they were the ones that made it so great. Andy and Barbara. So, great. But, you know, here we go. As teenagers, we took turns reading chapters of Stephen King's It until the thick paperback fell to pieces, the Muschietti said in a statement. That I can tell. It, an epic story that contains multitudes far beyond what we could explore in our It movies, we can't wait to share the depths of Steve of Steve's. Okay, you're on a first name basis. Steve's novel in all its heart, humor, humanity, and horror. Very little humanity in it, but you know, I digress. I'm excited that the story of Derry, Maine's most haunting city, is continuing. And I'm glad Andy Muschietti is going to be overseeing the frightening festivities along with a brain trust including his talented sister. That's why I thought it was his sister. I was going to say his wife, but I was pretty sure it was his sister. Barbara King. Barbara King said red balloons all around. Let's see. Let's look down this because we're not going to read this whole damn thing. It told the story of a group of friends battling a shape-shifting monster, often appearing as a demon clown in a small main town. The narrative timeline was split between the protagonist as kids and, and as middle-aged adults. There's no word on casting for the series yet. Not surprised it's in pre-production. And fans will surely wonder if Bill Skarsgård will return as Pennywise. That's the big if. If he comes back... Maybe myself, I'm speaking for myself, might be interested. But if not, we get some dope. Unless you can get someone who really knocks it out of the park as much or more than Bill did. Not a lot of us are going to care. Not just myself, but there's going to be a lot in the horror community that just aren't going to give a fuck. To be able to return to the world of my all-time favorite horror novel and help build upon the singular... Singularity, yeah, because I can read that. Oh, the singularity, brilliant cinematic universe created by Andy and Barbara, I was right, is more than the opportunity of a lifetime. It's a dream come true, or maybe more appropriately, a nightmare, Fuse said. We are thrilled to continue this iconic franchise with the brilliant Andy and Barbara Muschietti, who will be there as producers and directing a couple of episodes. But showrunners run the shit, so really, let's not be daft here. They're going to be there as producers, and that's about it. Jason Fuse and Brad Kaleeb Kane said, Sarah Aubrey, head of original content at HBO Max, this prequel expand the It storyline canvas and bring fans deeper into the terrifying, mesmerizing town of Derry. And that's about it. We don't know much. We just know that the show is happening because HBO is high on the hog with this one. They want it done, and they're going to get it done. So We'll see what happens. I'm not going to kick it in the dick right now because... We don't know anything. And if Skarsgård returns, 
that will be amazing. If it's some goof that we don't know. Excuse me. If it's some goof that we don't know, I'm looking stuff up. If it's some goof that we don't know, it's not going to matter. Give fuck all about the show, but we'll see. Shows like this very rarely do well. I mean, Chucky was a a pleasant surprise, and then it shit the bed in season two, in my opinion. The first season of Chucky was fantastic. The second season, not so much. We'll see what happens in season three. But we also, for every great show that we got like Chucky, we also got the Scream series that was on MTV. And I don't like to compare these things, but we have to because these are all part of horror storylines that are already pre-established IPs. And we really got to look at it. And It Chapter chapter 2 was no... It Chapter 1 was fantastic. It was one of my favorite horror films of that year. It Chapter 2, it wasn't horrible, but it didn't end... <laughs> I would have done it a lot differently. <clears throat> Especially, you know, people that have read these books. <sighs> we'll just leave it at that. But we'll see. You know, I had to take a little drink there. We'll see. Could be great, it could be grot. We'll see. But that being said, we'll move on to something that was absolutely fantastic. My review on Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. Now, this stars, you know, Pennywise's brother, Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, and Cleopatra Coleman. There's some other people, but those are the main people. Uh, Cleopatra Coleman is almost throwaway in this. That's one problem I do have. I love her, but she was fuck all. She plays Jamie Foster's husband. That's Alexander's character. Amanda Bergerl, Jennifer. There's some other people that are in part of the cult, and that's what it is. The, the, the basic is, let's look at the synopsis what they say it is, and then we'll dive in. This will be minor spoilers, not heavy, because this film just came out recently, and it just came out on digital for you to be able to see. You still have to go into the theater, if you can find a theater that will show this. If you live in a fucking podunk sticks town like I do, it ain't going to be playing in your movie theater, and you're either going to have to buy this on digital via Fandango Voodoo, or you're just going to have to sell the Seven Seas. And when they do shit like that, I don't usually condone being a pirate and selling the Seven Seas, but when they do shit like this, when they, I get it's a smaller budgeted independent horror thriller, but fuck. If it's not going to be released, what choice do you leave us with if it's not going to be released in at least a moderate amount of states? Like, it's in 10 theaters across the fucking country. You know, it's in the major cities, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle. Most of us that live in small towns, we ain't going to get to fucking see this thing unless, like I said, we do what I just said we do. But with that being said, let's look at the synopsis. Infinity Pool is a 2023 science fiction horror film. Yeah, Miss Thriller. There's a little bit of a thriller in there, but written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, the son 
of David Cro- the legend David Cronenberg. I added that in. Starring Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, who is fucking fantastic in this movie, and Cleopatra Coleman, who might as well not even have been in the fucking film, but, you know, that's what it is. Because this movie is mostly based around Alexander and Mia. They are the show stealers. The film follows a struggling writer and his wife on a vacation who, after an accident, discovered the country's dark culture. Cronenberg started developing the project in 2019. Whew, wow. With production later being pushed back to 2021, probably because of COVID. Much of the cast joined the project that year, and film took place primarily in Salzbank, Croatia. Some foreign country shit. Infinity Pool premiered uh, at the 2023 Sundance Film Festival on January 2022, or excuse me, on January 22nd, 2023, and was theatrically released in Canada on January 27th, the same year, by Elevation Pictures. The film received generally positive reviews from critics, with praise from the atmosphere and Cronenberg's direction. So, let's... Look at the plot that this gives. This is Wikipedia. We'll see how accurate they are because they're hit and miss. And I've actually seen the film multiple times. So, novelist James Foster and his wife M spend time at a resort in the fictional seaside country of La Tacaria, where a local festival is underway. The couple's chronic marital strife is. Ex- exacerbated when Gabby, a fan of the only novel James has published to date, which it is true, invites them, and that's not true, we'll get into that, invites them to spend time with her and her husband, Alban. The four have dinner and decide to spend the night driving in the countryside, even though they have been warned that tourists are to remain at the resort compound at all times. At a beach, as James urinates behind... Okay, so this is getting into the movie, yeah, because urinates behind a tree. Gabby unexpectedly grabs him from behind and proceeds to give him a hand job. After Okay, so this is just getting into the actual plot. So that does happen. Or maybe we should read that. After a long day of sunbathing and cooking, the tourists embark on a drunken drive back to the hotel en route. James accidentally runs over a local man, killing him. Gabby insists that they cannot call the police as the country is corrupt and they will not be safe, she even mentions in that portion. So we'll go off the synopsis and do the review. Why not? And she also mentions that you cannot call them because your wife will be raped and beaten and then you'll just be convicted of the crime and die because it's a fucked up corrupt country here. The next, the next day, excuse me, James is arrested and is told that the penalty for his crime is death at the hand of the dead. Man's firstborn son, which was a nice twist of this movie. However, the country has a unique system of justice whereby the guilty for a hefty fee, can be cloned and have their duplicates killed in their place. James, who married into money, pays the fee to have a double killed before his eyes. M is horrified by the entire affair and wants to leave immediately, 
but James is titillated by the spectacle and wants to stay. He hides his passport. That's not true, but anyway, he hides his passport claiming that he has lost it and encourages him to return to the United States. I didn't gather that. I gathered that they hid it just to keep him there, but maybe I was wrong. I, I didn't gather he hid his passport. I think they did. That's open to interpretation based on the film. Because when he does find his passport in the movie, he, find, he, he acts discombobulated like he didn't know where he left it. That could be a thing, but I truly believe that that cult he got involved with that of rich people who who get off on doing this because as we go down the line, they're extremely wealthy. And the commentary of the movie is basically, if you had enough money, would you can not would you get off with the crime? But if you had enough money, would you continue to do the crimes that you committed? If you could be just completely null and void and exempt from ever being any consequences whatsoever. They also give an interesting little hint in the movie if you pay attention that are you really the clone or are you the real person that's doing these crimes? So is the country so corrupt that they took your money and made the clone go out and just killed your ass and you're really dead and the it's it's some it's fucking crazy altered carbon for those who've seen Altered Carbon, it's fucking more batshit crazy than Altered Carbon because it may be that you're not even, you're even less of the human being than the person that's there. You might be the clone and the person that they disposed of was you. You don't know because the memories are transferred into the clone, the clone body because they made the statement. The clone will have every, all of the same memories you will have. That's why it has to be effective. Because in order for the for it to be realistic, the clone has to have the same memories, it has to have the same feelings, it has to have the same DNA, it has to have everything that you attribute to yourself being a human being, even up to the point of having a soul. So is it really you that's being killed or is it the clone? That's the question. Uh, we went through that. James extends his stay by a week and encounters Gabby and Albin. Gabby is played by Mia Goth, who is fantastic in this film. They introduce him to a small group of Western tourists who all have been convicted of serious crimes and have paid to watch their doubles killed. These people return to the resort annual, annually committing heinous crimes crimes and pay to watch their doubles get slaughtered over the next several days they encourage james to transform into a libertine criminal encouraging him to kill locals engage in intoxicating orgies and abuse of the resort staff which is true there's some fucked up over the top orgies in here where david crone or excuse me brandon his son really go into this just weird, crazy orgy fucking shit where you're just like, and let, you you really have to give some 
some leeway to this film because it's just it is batshit crazy over the top and unless you're really a prude and not to be an asshole but unless you're really a prude this is not a film for you because there is there is acid induced orgies there's violence it's not as intense as everybody blows this thing over the top to be because some people just really go overboard and say, this is the most intense thing I've seen in my life, man. I'm like, no, it's not. It really isn't. And maybe I'm desensitized by a lot of the crazy shit I've seen over the years, over my decades of living here on planet Earth. A few. I won't age myself too much. You know, a little over a decade and a half. But it's not that intense. I've seen far more intense, but it's the idea is what gets people running away with their imagination, and that's the best part. Um, but if you if it, if you can't handle, especially if you have, I will warn people: if you have seizure problems and you're prone to seizures, do not watch this film because there are so many flashing lights. It's like an insane weekend concert. You know, you cannot handle it if you're prone to epilepsy and you have problems with... Like, you just don't do it because there's so many flashing lights. The camera spins in certain... Where you're like, oh... Even me, who doesn't have that problem, I'm like, okay, stop. Just slow it the fuck down because it's insane. But but I understand it because that's part of the batshit crazy storyline. So I understand why he did it, but... For those of you that have epilepsy, do not do it. Otherwise, I highly recommend this movie. James is rattled one night when he is tricked into brutalizing a clone of himself, which is another... They're pretty much given the whole fucking movie here, so... I'll stop after this. Himself, he had been... I'm not going to go into any more of that, because... This is pretty much giving away the film, and for those of you that haven't seen it, I don't want to do that. I'll just say, because I, I read forward, and I'm like, no, you're telling the whole fucking film here. <laughs> good job, Wikipedia. That's why it's it, it's a very good film. It's just for those who are twisted and fucked in the head, and, and those who like bizarre, crazy movies, I highly recommend it. This was definitely one of my favorite films of the year so far. I I highly enjoyed it and I had a I had a blast with it. So it's not for everyone, but for me it was an eight point nine five out of ten. I I I I almost gave it a nine out of ten, but there's some things where they falter. But for me, a goth alone, who just I'm starting to fall in love with her even more and more every time. Not just because she's beautiful, but because she is a fantastic actress who. Better win an Oscar sometime soon. She should have already been nominated for some of her performances, but Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goss still the show, and it is one of it's one of the best. If you like that mind trippy sci-fi body, I wouldn't even say body horror. There's only certain body horror elements in one scene, but if you like that trippy sci-fi shit. Sci-fi horror shit. This is this is most definitely a recommendation for you. So with that, we'll move on. Cause if I read any more, it's gonna 
ruin those who haven't seen it yet, and you need to spoil it for yourself by seeing this film. So, but that will move on to Dead Space, the remake. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be brief with this one, because I already did a review on the other podcast with filmmaker Mike and the boys, but Dead Space, right now, it is one of my favorite games of the year, going from one of my favorite movies of the year, it's still early, still early, still got a long way to go. But with that, God, this game has been, it it was such a pleasure to play. There's a lot of Event Horizon elements in this game, you know, just pulled straight from Event Horizon, but there's also a lot of, uh, I say if, if, like I said, if, if Event Horizon and John Carpenter's remake of The Thing fucked, this would be its child. This was just such a great game. And it's been a long, long, long time. And I hate to over overexert myself, but it's been a long time since I had so much fun with a game. I've been so much it's been so much fun that I'm actually playing Dead Space 2, the original Dead Space 2 on my Game Pass on Xbox. Uh <laughs> Because they have all the dead spaces, except for the remake, obviously, on Game Pass. I'm having a great time playing Dead Space 2. But Dead Space the remake is just... It's fantastic, so we'll go over this. Dead Space is a 2023 survival horror video game developed by Motive Studios and published by... (sighs) Those who shan't be named Electronic Arts... This is where I really did not want to buy it, but because they usually fuck up. But luckily, they left Motive Studios alone and let them do what they needed to do. That's just a side rant because EA fucking sucks. They're the worst, one of the worst publishers of all time. They're the Blumhouse of video games. Anyway, a remake of the tw- the two thousand and eight game of the same name, developed by EA Redwood Shores. It was released on January 27th, 2023 for PlayStation 5, Windows, and Xbox Series X S. It is the first release in the Dead Space series since 2013's Dead Space 3, which I heard was crap. The game received generally favorable reviews from critics with general praises from for its improvements to the original. And there are some... I didn't get to play all of Dead Space 1, but there are some great improvements. Like, you can actually use your boosters and your suit to actually boost instead of just glide like you did in the original. Setting. Set in the 26th century, the story follows engineer Isaac Clarke, who's one of my new favorite protagonists, by the way. A crewman on a repair vessel called the USG Callan, assigned to the USG Ishimura, a massive planetary mining ship that has been that has gone silent above the planet Aegis Seven. There we go. I have to look my normal Roman numerals up correctly. Aegis Seven. His crew includes 
Computer Specialist Kendra Daniels, Chief Secretary Officer Zach Hammond, and Co-Pilots and Security Personnel, Corporals, I'm, I'm assuming, Haley Johnston and Aiden Chin. Uh, while investigating a distress call sent by the ship's medical officer and Isaac's girlfriend, Nicole Brenna, Brennan, excuse me, the Callan cruise is attacked by creatures made from the mutilated human corpse called necromorphs. Isaac is forced to fend for himself as he tries to save his crewmates and learns the truth behind the loss of the Ishimura. Along the way, he encounters several survivors, including Nicole. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and read that. Elizabeth Cross, engineer, and Cross's boyfriend, Jacob Temple. Ishimura's chief science officer, Terrence Kine. And, a, and insane scientist, Dr. Callis Mercer. I'm not going to go into the plot because... You want to learn the plot, you play this game for yourself. It's fantastic. There are some points in this game where I really got the heebie-jeebies, and I was like, whoo, I don't know if I can handle this. Not really that it was that intense. I just, there's a lot of jump scares in this fucking game. Like, sometimes they utilize the jump scare great, and sometimes they over-utilize the jump scare. That's one dock I do give on the game, the, the use of the jump scare can be hit or miss. Sometimes they use the jump scare and you're like, enough. And sometimes they use the jump scare and you're like, oh, I should have seen that coming and that was a nice touch. Overall, the game is really fantastic. I had a great time with it. Is it worth the $70 price tag? I don't know. A part of me says yes because... We're gonna have to get used to this, with especially that this is a this is a specific. This is not on PlayStation Four. This is not on Xbox One. This is not on the Switch. This is exclusively for PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation Five. You are not getting this anywhere else unless you have a high-powered PC, or you're doing this on PlayStation Five and the new Xbox Series consoles. It's just not gonna happen. There were a lot of glitches, not a lot, but there were some fucking aggravated, aggravating glitches that I got in the game, especially toward the end, where if I didn't have a save point, I would have smashed my foot through my fucking TV and probably smashed my Xbox into oblivion, to where, especially toward the end when I got to the final boss where it just crashed before I could get to it, I was enraged. And that is something that should be fixed by the developers, by the game creators. That is unacceptable. Especially when you're starting to ask us for $70 a pop. And then if you go into the Extreme Gold Edition, you're asking for $120. Like, those glitches should be fixed. I don't give a damn what you're, what, what, what you're playing it on. I don't care if you're playing on the Xbox, PlayStation 5, or the PC. Those glitches should be fixed. And I know it wasn't my system because I at first it made me contemplate, oh, this must be my system. And I played other games that were even more powerful and they had no problems. So that's a dead space issue that should have been fixed in post before the game was released. 
this is one thing that we have to have the debate about too. If we're going to pay these high game prices, they need to start fixing and completely no more of this cyberpunk shit. No more none none of it. If you want us to pay hell, I would even go as far as to say fine. If you can guarantee there's no glitches and it runs smoothly from pillar to post, then we can start paying even $80, $90 a game. But you better damn well sh- be sure that your fucking game from pillar to post, from sh- from beginning to end, has no glitches whatsoever. Can you guarantee that? If you can guarantee that, we can guarantee to pay it. If you can't, then we shouldn't be guaranteed to pay that kind of price. You don't, you get, uh, as wise people once said, especially my uncle, you get what you pay for. If we pay high premium prices, we better be getting high premium content. If you pay for a $2 stake, you should be given a $2 stake video game. If you're playing for fucking Flame and Yawn and Lost Lobster Bisque, you better be getting Flame and Yawn and Lobster Bisque price type of quality. No one pays for Lobster Bisque and Flame and Yawn and gets, you know, TV dinner quality. That's that's insane. That's fucking insane. And we need to stop this. So that's a small little rant there. But other than that, other than the small little setbacks, this game was fantastic. I had a blast with it. Like I said, there were even points where I'll admit it got me a couple of times where I was like, you motherfuckers. And it's it's hard to get me anymore, especially in horror and sci-fi, especially horror sci-fi combined. It's like, come at me, bro. I hate to be that guy, but it's like, just bring the shit. Because if if you if you're gonna bring something, you better bring something hard. But this game did it. Um, I'm enjoying playing Dead Space Two. Can't really give a verdict on that because I haven't finished it yet. But it's a nice continuation. The, the, the his return into why he's back into the fray, Isaac Clark is a little convoluted, and I'm like, eh. but I let it pass because the game's actually improved on, especially from what I've heard from the first game. It improves. He talks in that game. That's another improvement from the remake. In the original, he doesn't talk. He's a he's a deaf mute. In this game, in the remake, in Dead Space remake, he he talks the whole time. And it's it, there's context behind it. He's not a jabber jaws like me. There, he's there's context to what he's talking about, and the times that he is talking, it's important. You could not have done. I get why they did it in the original one, where he was he was a deaf mute, and you understood why. Okay, he's not talking, but in this game, especially with all the complexities that they added in, he could not be he could not be mute. Especially when you're being specifically talked to by some of the side characters. And if you were just a bit. And it was radio silence. It would make no sense. And you'd, a part of them would be like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dick? So it was good that they added the voice actor from the original, I guess, two and three back to do this again. All in all, it was a get, it was a great step in the right direction. I didn't get like I said, I can't speak completely for Dead Space Re- One because I didn't play the whole damn thing. 
But from what I saw and from what I played, this is a step in the right direction for one. It's on one of the great remakes. Just like John Carpenter's The Thing for movies and Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1978, if I'm not mistaken. These are, these are, these are great remakes. And I'm hoping Resident Evil 4 is this good because I have played and beaten the original Resident Evil 4. God, I hope Resident Evil 4, the bar has been raised high, Resident Evil. And we're coming close because March is around the corner. Obviously, it's the tail end of March. But as I record this, February is coming to its end. And March, it'll be no time before Resident Evil 4 is out here. I hope the remake's good. I hope they don't shit the bed. It's. I think that the remake of Resident Evil 4 is going to either be really great or really grot. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm getting worried, but a part of me's getting excited too because there's some. The last trailer they showed it looks fantastic, but that doesn't mean the whole damn game's good. But it also doesn't mean the whole damn game's bad. So we'll find out. We shall find out. We shall see. My overall verdict for Dead Space, even minus the glitches. I gotta give it a 9 out of 10. It was just so much fun. Even with the glitches, that really pissed me off. It would have been maybe almost a 9.5, almost 10 out of 10, but the glitches were just unacceptable. And a part of me wants to dock it to be an 8.7 out of 5 out of 10, but it's a 9 out of 10 game. It really is. Because it's just the atmosphere... The callbacks to even Event Horizon and the thing, and even some points of Alien, like they were just without completely stealing from it and making it a complete. Oh, there's, it, it was fantastic. And if they do a Dead Space re, two remake, I hope the same team is working on it. Minus the glitches, you flux motive, you gotta clean that up, especially if you are given a green light to do Dead Space two remake. Let's. Let's do the same thing you did without the glitches. If you do, that'll be a 10 out of 10. Because this was superb. It was stellar. I had a great time. I had a blast. So that's my review on Dead Space Remake. Um, I was contemplating thinking about this. But I'll do it in the next episode. I wanted to make this one a return to form. And I'm not going to be as long as I have been with the other episodes, I promise. I know I keep saying that, but I've been working hard. Like I said, we dealt with the dog. But I, I'm enjoying doing these, so I'm going to continue to do these. That's that's the episode for today. I'll In the next episode, I'll do... Because I'll do some more research... And I'll watch it again. I'll be doing a review for M. Night Shyamalan's Knock of the Cabin. And very, 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 very soon I will be doing a Phantasm retrospective, which I had promised from the very first episode of this podcast. I'm getting all my ducks in a row and writing the script down that I'm doing. Yes, I will be doing not a script, but notes. For what I'm taking from Phantasm. I know a lot about Phantasm. But I'm trying to gather in all the kernels and nuggets. So this is. That's going to be about an hour and a half of the show. I'm just pre-warning those who are listening now. That one's going to be a long one. Uh, 
So for those that don't like Phantasm, there may be very few playbacks, but hey, I have to do it because I love Phantasm more than anything in the world. Yes, even more than Hellraiser, which I love Hellraiser, but Phantasm is my shit. I've never loved a film series more than anything. Horror, action, no matter what, sci-fi, Phantasm is my all-time favorite. So we will be doing a retrospective and a breakdown of Phantasm very, very soon. So with that being said, sorry this one was a little short, but, you know, when we don't have the topics, we don't have the topics. We did enough. Hopefully there will be some more horror movie news, some more wrestling news maybe. Some more sci-fi news, some more reviews, but in the meantime, I love you guys. Peace. Have a great day.